is just a little thing. It's just that one thing that I struggle with. But if you transfer this to your, health, to your physical situation, and if you have cancer, and that's the only sickness that you have, would you say you're healthy? You would not say you're healthy. You don't have any other sickness. You don't have asthma, and you don't have any other sickness, but, but you wouldn't say you're healthy because you have a major illness. Or maybe let's downgrade it a little bit. If you, if you just have a flu, but you don't have any other sickness, would you, say, would you say you're healthy, you're well? You wouldn't say you're well because you're not well just because of that one thing. And it's the same with your soul. You may be saying, I'm generally speaking well, I am well generally speaking, but there's just this one thing, maybe low self-esteem, which bothers me. And I, and I can't get over that, but I'm, I'm generally fine. I want you to understand that if you just have that one little thing that you're not well with, well, it's going to be better for you to understand it. If it's just a low self-esteem, I want you to realize that a low self-esteem really influence how you live. It influences how you make your decisions. It influences who you meet. It may even influence the choice of your spouse, the choice of the company that you're going to work with or for, the choice of your career, your mood, the quality of your life. So maybe there is something else which is just this little thing. Maybe you're generally fine, but you have a bit of fear in your life and you struggle with fear or shame or unforgiveness or maybe one or two unhealthy habits. But you're generally fine, so you're not too worried about it. It's just this little thing that bothers you. Or maybe you're struggling with, uh, struggling with the understanding of boundaries and limits. And that's what I want to focus on today. Understanding of boundaries and limits. Otherwise, you're fine. You just, you just keep hitting the wall in your life. You, you're coming to that place and, and, you, and you don't know why things are not working out. Who would like to be limited? Anybody likes to be limited? Nobody likes to be limited. We all like to be free and unlimited. We don't like when people put boundaries in our life. We have been fed by the movie industry, by pop culture, by social media over the years and decades telling us that we should have no limits. That we should live our life like there is no limits. That we can become whoever we want to become and we can do whatever we want to do. And even more, we as Christians have bought into that lie sometimes and we have supported it with the scripture. We read Philippians 4.13. I can do all things through him who gives me strength. And we think, yeah, sure, that's all good. Apostle Paul lists all types of life situations when he finds himself in. He talks about his failures, his difficulties, his beatings, his persecutions, his successes, and his well-being. And he says, because I'm in Christ, I can face it all. Because I'm in Christ, I can deal with life and with whatever brings it to me. I am enabled to 
because I'm in Christ, to go through every situation. In contrary to this meaning, being influenced by the liberal culture, we sometimes read Paul's words thinking, I can become whoever I want to, and I can do whatever I want to, which is definitely not what Paul was saying. Let's have a look at this concept of limits from the perspective of a healthy soul, from the perspective of God's loving and perfect will for us. Genesis 2, 16 and 17, that's what it says. And the Lord God commanded the man, you are free to eat from any tree in the garden, but you must not eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. For when you eat from it, you will certainly die. Right from the start of human existence, God has put boundaries in our lives. Right from the start. He said, you can do so many things. You have this freedom that I'm giving you, but do not touch this thing. But do not cross this boundary. Unfortunately, Adam and Eve did not embrace the limits. They did cross the boundary and they suffered the consequences. There's a lot of examples uh, from the life of Jesus or other people mentioned in the Bible that when, when we, which are proving the idea of limits being godly and good for us. But because of my time limitation today, I'm not going to go into all of them trying to prove to you that this is valid. I will rather focus on a certain few areas of life which are make it or break it situations. A uh, few areas of life which many of us stumble upon. few massive areas of life which are really important for most people. And I'm not going to talk about all areas of life. I'm just going to mention a few. That limits are important and we can be blessed and well if we embrace them. But we can really suffer if we ignore them. So first area that I want to mention is the area of seasons and time in our life. Ecclesiastes 3, 1 to 8. There is a time for everything and a season for every activity under the heavens. A time to be born and a time to die. A time to plant and a time to uproot. A time to kill and a time to heal. A time to tear down and a time to build. A time to weep and a time to laugh. A time to mourn and a time to dance. A time to scatter stones and a time to gather them, a time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing, a time to search and a time to give up, a time to keep and a time to throw away, a time to tear and a time to mend, a time to be silent and a time to speak, a time to love and a time to hate, a time for a war and a time for peace. There is a time and season for different activities in our life. And as long as we are wise and living according to the time and season, our soul is going to be well and blessed. But when we misunderstand the season in our life and we do the wrong things in the wrong season, we tend to get into trouble. Let me give you an example. When you're in your twi- 20s or you see somebody in your 20s, you, haven't, you, you live in a certain way. You can be spontaneous, stay late at night, uh, you spend a lot of time with your friends, you can make many changes and test new ideas. 
You fall in love. You get your heart broken. There is a lot of dynamic in your life. Discover new things. You're maybe not the most stable thing in the world, but you're, lo- you're full of energy and you're tons of fun. One day you sleep at your parents. The other day you sleep at your friends. And on Friday, well, you stay up all night. So you sleep on Saturday. Where? Well, wherever you can. And when you hear a story of a 20 plus living like this, you're not surprised. Because you probably live like this yourself. You think, yeah, that's the season in life. But what if you hear about somebody who is a young teenager and is living this way? All of a sudden, the perspective changes. All of a sudden, you start to worry. You start to think, what is happening with their parents? Should I report it to Tusla? Is this already an abuse? Are they having a proper care? Or maybe imagine somebody who is their 50s or 60s living like they were in their 20s. You think they lost their plot, wouldn't you? You think, what's wrong with them? This is not the season for such a thing. And if you were very generous at heart, you probably think they're probably going through some major crisis in life. Whatever you would think, you would know that their soul is unwell. That they're not doing well inside of them. Because they're not acting according to the right and healthy season in their life. But let's flip this for a moment. Let's imagine a 20 plus acting like they want to pass on their legacy. Like they're sharing their wisdom with everybody regardless if they were asked for it or not. Like they're becoming a spiritual parents and mentors to others. Why is that pathetic? It's because 20 plus is not a season to pass on your legacy. That season comes in in life way later, maybe in your 50s or 60s or above. And it is natural and it is healthy and it is blessed. Another area of life that I want to talk about in terms of living in a healthy limitation, living in limits which are godly and good for us is the area of marriage and singleness. It's our marital status. And I'm going to start with marriage, 1 Corinthians 7. Verse 28. But if you do marry, you have not sinned. And if a virgin marries, she has not sinned. But those who marry will face many troubles in this life. And I want to spare you from this. Isn't that an interesting passage? It doesn't sound very encouraging. Especially if you're married or want to get married. If you want to get married... I'm not sure if you want to read this again. When you are married, you will have many troubles. That's what Paul says. I would say it's slightly different. It's not that I want to correct him. I just want to think about it out loud here with you. I would say when you get married, you will have many limitations in life. And if you don't embrace them, if you break them, you will certainly have many troubles. So what are the limitations in marriage? Well, before I get there, I just want to say that marriage can be a beautiful thing, but only if you make it so. It's not going to be beautiful if you're not going to make it happen. It's not going to happen to you by accident. You're not going to arrive there just by chance. It's only going to be beautiful if you make it happen. In marriage, you can be 
fulfilled relationally, sexually. Marriage gives you belonging, a sense of belonging, strength, and support. Your need for companionship, partnership, and intimacy can be fulfilled. But you have to respect the limits that marriage puts on you. Not only respect them, you need to embrace them. If you want to have a happy marriage, you need to embrace the limits. What are the limits? So let's, let's talk about a few classical. The first one is obvious. You can be, you can be in intimately, sorry, you can be emotionally or sexually intimate with only one person, and that is your spouse. That is your limit. If you break that limit, you will not only damage your soul, but you will damage the souls of everybody who loves you. The consequences will be tragic. And your soul will be hurt. Time is another aspect that we are limited when we married. Now you are limited in how you're spending your time. If you prioritize other things than your spouse, if you prioritize your friends, your hobbies, your job, even your ministry, you will have an unhappy marriage and you will hurt your soul. There's no way out of it. Another limitation is possessions and money. We are limited in that area when we, when we are married. Nothing that you own is exclusively yours anymore. You gave your life to this person. That means you gave it all. Now, if you want to be happy, if you want to have a good marriage, you consult everything with your spouse. Everything that you want to spend and how you want to spend. Because it's not yours anymore. Not exclusively yours. Okay, let's move to singleness. First Corinthians 7, verse 8. Now to the unmarried and widows, I say, it is good for them to stay unmarried as I do. But if they cannot control themselves, they should marry. For it is better to marry than to burn with passion. And again, Paul doesn't sound like he's really promoting marriage. He's saying, it is better for you if you stay single. If you can stay single, then stay single. Because when you're single, there's less pressures and limitations in your life. You can serve God and you can be in ministry way more active and without limitations. Just like he himself. But at the same time, the same time he knows how we work. He knows how we operate. He knows that we have desires and passions and dreams. So he says, Well, if if you're if you're burning with this emotional desire or, or sexual desire, and you cannot stay holy, you cannot stay dedicated to God and get married. It's better for you to get married then. But just have it in mind that that comes with a package. A package of limitations and you better embrace it. Can you break the limitations and ignore them? Of course you can. But there's going to be a consequences of that. There is going to be pain related to that. There is going to be soul which is broken. Sometimes just for yourself, sometimes for others as well. 
When you are single, you are way less limited in certain areas. You have way more freedom in how to spend your time, in how to spend your possessions, in what do you do, what you get involved with, who you're hanging out with. But singleness, though it gives you way more flexibility, comes with a package of limitations, the same way as marriage comes with a package of limitations. If you want to be happily married, you've got to be faithful emotionally and sexually to your spouse. You have to be faithful to your marriage. But if you are a single, if you want to function within the boundaries of healthy and godly limits, you also need to be faithful into your singleness. Which means not only that you abstain from intercourse, but you abstain from any sexual activity with somebody or by yourself. If you want to be single and live a blessed life, a life which leads to a healthy soul, you've got to function within the parameters of the boundaries that God has established for you. So you avoid the consequences of breaking the limits. So you avoid a, a broken and hurt soul. So you live with a healthy soul which is fruitful. The way to being a healthy person with a healthy soul is to embrace the limits of your marital status. And let me talk for a moment about the last area of limitations that we have time for today. And this is your gender. Genesis 1, 27. So God created ma mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. Let's teach our children how to be a people of integrity and wholeness. How to live in health and fulfillment. Biologically, we only have two chromosomes. Or we have only one. You can be one of the two, X and Y. If you're a female, you have an X chromosome. If you're a male, you have a Y chromosome. There's no spectrum between them. Is one or the other. Of course, there are situations when people are born with genetical dysfunction. But please not, don't be naive. Don't let people tell you that they're happening a lot. They're extremely rare. And they may require a medical attention just like every other genetical dysfunction. But the basic truth is that biologically, however you were born, you stay, your chromosomes don't change, even if you identify yourself differently. Even if you undergo a sur surgical alternation, your chromosomes stay the same as at the day of your birth. They do not change. Regardless of how you identify themselves, they will still be only X or Y chromosomes in you. And even, okay, I've got a bit thin there. So let me 
let me, let me present a, a humorous illustration to you. I hope you're not going to be offended. If you will, Pastor Paul will talk to me. What if I said I identify as invisible? I was born visible, but now I'm transparent. My pronouns are who and where. What would you think about me? And what if I actually really believed I was invisible? Would that be helpful? Would that be healthy for me? Would you be concerned? Would you be happy for me to stand in front of you and teach if I had a such a strange understanding of my identity? That would be at least odd. When you start experiment, experimenting with your identity and your gender is a massive part of who you are, you can't escape it. When you start bending it and changing it, you're coming to a place of crossing the boundaries of who you are, of crossing the healthy boundaries that God has put on you so you are going to hurt yourself. There's no way of crossing this boundary without damaging, damaging your soul. Whatever the liberal agenda and culture is going to say, there's no way of escaping that. So let's be bold in the church. Let's be bold when we talk to our kids because these are questions that they have to know the answers to. If we're not going to give them the answers, somebody else will. Okay, let's try to put this all together. Peter Schizier, a pastor and author of Emotionally Healthy um, series, put it this way. Understanding and respecting our boundaries is one of the most important character qualities and skills leaders need in order to be long-term lovers of God and others. Let me read this once again. I don't want to just change one word here because I think it applies to everybody, not just leaders. Understanding and Respecting our boundaries is one of the most important character qualities and skills people need in order to be long-term lovers of God and others. We have many natural God-given limits in life. I have only mentioned a few here. And we better think about our life and analyze it so we live within the boundaries that God has given us. We can fight them and get hurt or we can embrace them and thrive. The choice is ours. If you have been ignoring your boundaries, abusing them, abusing your limits, and your soul is shattered, broken into pieces, I'm here to bring the good news to you. God can restore you. If you trust him, he will put you back together and he will make a beautiful vessel out of you. That is his goal for all of us. He can restore your marriage, your singleness, your identity. If you trust and submit to him, he will teach you how to embrace the limits and thrive. God's goal for you is to thrive. Call to God. Call to him. In prayer, go to your pastor, to your small group leader, to your elders, and ask them for a conversation. Ask them to pray with you. Reach out to somebody who 
maybe as a friend in faith and ask them to spend time with you and pray with you. God is going to use these people to restore your soul, to restore your heart. I want to leave you with this call to action. If you realize that you have crossed the boundaries, healthy boundaries that God has placed in your life, and you're suffering in this or the other area, don't keep it to yourself. Talk to somebody who, who knows Jesus. Talk to God first. Turn away from the, from the things which were damaging, and God is going to lift you up. He is a God of a second chance. He's a God full of grace. He's not going to hold it against you. He will take you and he will make a beautiful vessel out of you. I want to leave you with this. Is it okay if I pray? Father God, I want to thank you for this wonderful church, for this group of believers who are here. I pray, Lord, that you have been speaking to any individual heart today. I pray that you help everyone to respond to your call, to come to you with, with our difficulties, with our weaknesses, and allow you to work in our life. So we are aligned with the boundaries that you have placed in our life so we can thrive. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen.